Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only... Hello. 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 There we go. So you had Ryan harmonizing with no one. Let's try that again. Hello. 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 Hi. Welcome hey. to the Adam Sank Show. We're coming at you live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, February 22nd, the day before I turn 49. In the year 2020, here at DNRstudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this podcast. Email me, me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Check out my newly redesigned website at adamsank.com. And if you're listening live, this is one of those days you can call us. It's been a long time since we've had a caller at 844 825 Five three six seven. Also, Ryan and JB, it's that time of year when I am raising money for AIDS Walk Woo! New York. Yay! Walk. Trying to raise ten thousand dollars again. Uh, it's all I want for my birthday are your AIDS Walk donations and your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Please and thank you. So uh, all you have to do is go to adamsank.com. There's a link right there to my AIDS Walk New York page. Today, we have a very exciting guest. I've been trying to get on this podcast for literally years. three years. He's Drew Drogi. So excited. Hilarious comic actor. Um, uh, well, how do you describe Drew? YouTube personality. Yeah, just all around funny guy. Creative playwright. Uh, super funny, super sharp. Uh, love Drew Drogi. He's going to be here to promote his one-man show that he's starring in currently at the Soho Playhouse. It's called Happy Birthday, Doug. But first, I need to welcome back officially someone who hasn't been here in a month. His name rhymes with crying lost pig. Please welcome Ryan Frostig back to the ass. Hey, I'm Hi. back. How was your month off? It was fabulous. Um, lovely. Filled with Shenanigans. You went to Mexico. I did go to Mexico with uh, Boy Wolf. We had a great time. We drank a lot of tequila. We had a lot of sex. Question. Was there an event at Mexico called um, Beef... Some, something oh, yeah. bears. Steve Chisaro was talking about... It wasn't in Tulum and it wasn't oh. this time of year, but there's like um, bear dip. 
Oh, yes. I've heard of bear dip. Um, There were no bears, but um, there was some dipping. Really? Mm. Now, Ryan, how is the year of the vagina going? Um, We haven't quite uh, moved it uh, forward. Um, We're still still looking for the right um, puss. Well, keep us posted. Can I just say, though, that it feels so good to... um, We get bagels every week. And yes. before we went live, I, I pointed out my bagel because it's gone. I never finish the bagel. I'm always eating as we're recording. So now I can like actually be focused and here and present and not shoving. I'm trying to hit the applause button, but my board's not working for some reason. Thank there you. There we go. Thank you for the, um, yeah. Congratulations. Growing, you know, it's, it's important to have accomplishments. <laughs> so I have some important announcements. First of all, uh, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that we were close to reaching 100,000 downloads? Yeah. Well, guess what? Oh my goodness. 100K? We have surpassed 100,000 downloads. And I mentioned at the time that uh, when people listen on the DNR Studios player, that does not count. Mm-hmm. And that is correct. But a listener emailed me and she was like, you know that we don't have to listen on the player. We can also just download the episode from DNRstudios.com, mm. which is great. Yeah. But. but. And, and it's, it's a, a big, big but. That still does not count toward the my download count because mm. what happens is I uh, I host this podcast. DNR Studios it, it originates there, sure. but then I take a copy of it and mm-hmm. put it on my own syndicate, and that sends it out to iTunes and all the others. So so my syndicate doesn't count anything that happens on dnrstudios.com. Again, encouraging you to subscribe, subscribe always subscribe, to dnrstudios.com. We appreciate you subscribing and all. Thank you. But as I said, those downloads or those listens do not Don't count. Go. So really, we have like 500,000 downloads, wow. let's be honest. But 100,000 is pretty fucking good, and That's I'm, awesome. I'm uh, thrilled. Also, <laughs> today is a milestone in the ass. Something is about to happen that has never happened before. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It, this is a double fanfare. We've never done this before. Wow. Today is our first ever sponsored episode. <gasps> yes. Later in the hour, we will have an actual sponsored message from a fabulous, uh, uh, for a fabulous product yes. that I'm very excited to endorse. I'm and so excited. stay tuned and find out you know what, what it is. It's about time. It's about goddamn Come time. On. God Come on. Come on. This podcast is so much better than some of the shit that's out there, okay. which gets sponsored. Right. I listen to these podcasts. I, I, can't, I can't get through the first five minutes, and they've got 10 commercials. What the fuck? Well, here we are. Here we are. We've made it. Ass open to the wind. Here I am. Stick it in. Here I am. Um, okay. I was just in San Francisco. You were. Also, um, do, uh, happy birthday. Thank you. Tomorrow is, yes. a, is your uh, 49th, 49th birthday. My 49th birthday. Did you mention that already? Yes. I blacked out. It's terrifying. Oh. It's terrifying. But you me. look amazing. You feel amazing. Yes? I feel amazing today. I have to say. Uh, I Looking starting, good and feeling gorgeous. I uh, Thank you. I was starting to say that while I was in San Francisco, I was struck. I was stricken mm-hmm. by some kind of rare disease. It wasn't cor- coronavirus. <laughs> I believe it was Crayola virus. Uh. <laughs> Or norovirus, actually, because I had the worst diarrhea I've ever had. Mm. It was, not only was it horrible to experience, but it, it literally smelled like toxic waste. Oh, Like, yum. I've never wow. emitted any kind of smell like this before. Oh, goodness. 
So that went on for days. I'm sorry. Suffice it to say, I did not get any butt sex in San Francisco. Um, And I'm pretty sure I caught this on the plane. But then I was just like out of it when I came home. For two days, I couldn't get out of bed. I was so fucking exhausted. And now I feel great. Yay. Well, at least you feel good on your birthday. Yes. The weekend of your birthday. Thank you. And I'm excited to be here and to. uh, I have a lot of things to be grateful for, not the least of which is Ryan Frostig and JB Bercy. Oh! Very grateful Very for you sweet. both. Grateful for Derek and Romaine. Yes. Grateful for the podcast and the listeners. Yes, all of it. But speaking of San Francisco, San Francisco, open your golden gate. Don't let nobody wait outside your door. Hey, um, San Francisco, maybe wait, bringing which golden gate am I opening? The golden gate of your. Well, is it golden? Um, I, I think it's probably more like the day, right? Probably more like bronze. bronze. <laughs> it depends on how the lights hit. JB's got a bronze gate. Anyway. Back to the first story <laughs> yeah. at 11.08. We're t- almost 10 minutes in. Okay. Um, bathhouses may be coming back to San Francisco. Oh, I am into that idea. You know, San Francisco and New York both used to have these fantastic bathhouses, which were before my time. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understand, it wasn't just a place to fuck. It was really social. You would go with your friends. There was entertainment. Yeah. You could, if you lived in New York, you could hear Bette Midler and Barry Manilow and, you know, Fabulous. amazing artists. And there was food. There, there, there were things to do other than just fuck. But you could also fuck. <laughs> and then, of course, AIDS changed all that. And in the 1980s, bathhouses were shut down uh, in both cities. And what's weird about San Francisco is they, there's still places to have public sex. Yeah. I stayed at this um, place called Beck's Motor Lodge, which is this, like, it's supposed to be this famous cruising ground. But let me tell you something. There wasn't a lot of action going on mm. at Beck's. Well, L.A. is, like, the hot spot of gay porn now and OnlyFans. So they, they have to be very open about their policies, especially if they want returning people. This is San Francisco. Parties. Wait. I was in San Francisco, not L.A. I'm sorry. So sorry. Uh, San Francisco has its own. Well, so I was going to say, so I was staying on Market Street, Mm -hmm. and literally I discovered this the last day I was there, like three blocks from me is the sex club Mm. called Eros. Eros. It's not a bathhouse, but it's a sex club. And to me, like, what's the difference? If if the whole point is to reduce the transmission of HIV and other STDs, then what's, why can't we have a sex club that also has showers and hot tubs? So anyway- the New York, uh, sorry, the Bay Area is considering is considering removing those regulations that banned bathhouses. Um, a city supervisor said, "Quote: Our current regulations for adult sex venues were put in place as an emergency measure at the height of the AIDS crisis, when San Francisco was desperate to slow the spread of HIV/AIDS. Decades later, with the emergence of PrEP, and in light of San Francisco's reduction in HIV diagnoses, which in in the in the most recent year that they counted were under 200. Wow. Under 200 new HIV diagnoses in all of San Francisco. That's Um, crazy. These regulations have no public health rationale and need to be changed. I think that this is, um, I think we live in a a time where if you were a gay millionaire, you could, I wish I were, you could, uh, someone could fund these um, modern bathhouses and make them be chic and cool and safe and absolutely there's there's I think that there's a and way have education on site yeah and have resources and have um, just a, a safe sex positive place where people could go and not you know because I think we should be moving away from 
sex in public places that aren't meant for sex, like gyms and... How dare you? Well, I feel very attacked. I know. You should. <laughs> I think the problem... But seriously, though... I, you're right. I think the problem is most people don't want a sex club or a bathhouse in their neighborhood. That's sure. one. They feel like it will attract undesirables. Right. And also people coming and going very late at night. And two, it is a public health nuisance in the sense that you are going to catch something. If you go to a bathhouse of course. regularly, you're going to get... VD, gonorrhea, syphilis, uh, warts. These are things that are unavoidable um, unless you use condoms every single time. And even then, if you suck a dick without a condom, you can still get things in your throat. But if there are pamphlets on site... It's hard to argue that this is not a public health risk in some way. On the other hand, adults are going to do what they're going to do. Right. And you might as well, like you say, provide a nice place for them to do it. Yeah, I just would love to go to like a bathhouse the way it should be. Yeah, like it used to be. The ones I've been to have been pretty grim. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of shame and there's a stigma I think now about going to them. Absolutely, should especially in New York and San Francisco. I think in other cities like in Orlando, Chicago, and Fort Lauderdale, and Chicago, Steamworks, and and actually Steamworks. There's a Steamworks in Berkeley. Oh, which really? is outside of the San Francisco yeah. line, so it's mm-hmm. allowed, and apparently that's a good Steamworks. I'm sure it is. I mean, this I never when I lived in Chicago, I never went to Steamworks, but it's like a what? very. I never went. Wow, I that, tried that to would go be different now. If you want, oh, you absolutely. Know, now that you're, you've become quite the pig. Well, speaking of grim and shame, Jesse Smollett is back in the news for all the wrong reasons. Oh, good. He, I don't. I feel like did I do this story two weeks ago? I he's been indicted again. <laughs> Thank you. He's been indicted by a grand jury on six new charges uh, in connection to the January 2019 racist and homophobic attack. Can you believe it's been over a year since that happened? It's crazy. Uh, A Cook County grand jury returned a six-count indictment charging him with making four separate false reports to the Chicago PD related to his false claims that he was the victim of a hate crime. This is according to the uh, Office of the Special Prosecutor in Cook County. There's a very, very long article on Vulture that explains all of this because people are like, wait a second, I thought that, I thought that was over. I mm-hmm. thought he had been exonerated. Um, it's, a, it's very tricky. But here's what happened. You'll remember that the original prosecutor dropped all charges and they basically said as long as Jesse doesn't uh, – as long as we can keep his $10,000 bail, then – He's free to go, and we're gonna and we're gonna seal all the evidence. And it was basically a cover up because Jussie had some very powerful friends who they believe pressured. It was believed pressured this prosecutor to do this. Um, so then a special prosecutor has uh, start opened a new investigation um, of Kim Fox, that prosecutor who who dismissed the case. Mm-hmm. Looking at what went on and why it was done, and basically they decided that, that yes, he should face criminal charges. And if you remember, when all this was over, when, when he was finally – when the case was finally dropped against him, he was not the least bit repentant. He gave a news conference and said, like, I was the victim of a hate crime. I never lied once. He, he stuck to that story. Yeah. And I feel like if he had just said, you know what, you guys, I fucked up. Yep. I did something really terrible. I apologize to the city of Chicago. I apologize to queer people and people of color, you know, for 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 calling into question any serious and real right. uh, hate crimes. He didn't do any of that. Yeah. And I think Chicago and the Chicago PD were like, 
hey, fuck you. Yeah. You did this. You created this problem and you're, and you're continuing to dig a hole for yourself. And um, yeah. I, so it, it's, it's very, this is a very like detailed legal thing. You should really read the vulture.com article if you're interested. I printed it out, but it's like five pages long. Um, the important thing is, is that Jesse Smollett's troubles are not over. And he will be back in court. We will. This is not the last of. I can't wait to see how this turns out. And this time, I think all of the evidence that we didn't get to see last time, Mm -hmm. we're going to see. Oh, we're going to see it. And it's going to be bad. One of the things, I'll just mention this. One of the the things in the new charges includes the fact that, remember police wanted him to turn over his phone after the attack? Yeah. And he didn't. Right. For a long time. Right. And then when he finally did turn over phone records, they had been redacted. And they were redacted to, to cross out or delete the calls that he had made to, the, to those two Nigerian brothers mm-hmm. before and after the attack, like the same day. Right. That doesn't like, look good. No. Meanwhile, Kevin Hart says he finally understands why LGBTQ people were mad at him. Huh. Finally. He, he gave an interview to, it doesn't say here, but I believe it was Men's Health. And with regard to the Oscars debacle, you know, he was supposed to host the Oscars last year in 2019. And then all of these homophobic tweets and jokes that he had made came to light. And he was like, I'm not going to apologize. I've already apologized. I've moved on. And he went on Ellen and Ellen tried to uh, sort of wash away his sins, but he even on there he didn't say he was sorry or or reflect that he had any understanding of what he had done and why it was so. Uh, I mean, remember he had joked about breaking a dollhouse over his son's head if the mm-hmm. son ever wanted a dollhouse. I mean, it was pretty fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, he now says, "quote With the whole Oscars thing, there was a big gap between what I thought the problem was versus what the problem really was." He says he got angry, reacting as though the only problem was that people were calling him homophobic, which he feels certain he's not. Quote, I got 10 years where I made sure not to joke or play in the way that I did back then because it was a problem. I don't care if you're gay or not gay. I'm a people person. I'm going to love you regardless. But now he sees a layer that he overlooked at the time, that he missed a chance to condemn violence. Thank you. In every shape and form, to anyone for being who they are, quote, It wasn't until close friends like Wanda Sykes, Lee Daniels, and Ellen DeGeneres talked to me and explained what they didn't hear me say that I understood. Then I was like, oh shit, I did fuck up. If he had just done this at the time, and this is sort of similar to Jesse in that if you just own up to it and say, you know what, yes, I've already apologized for this, but I'm going to apologize again. again. Again and again and again. And And let me be a better ally and let me try to understand um, the community a little bit more. Like, if he had said that, I think he would have had more people and if, in its corner. And if Ellen is one of the ones who made him see that, why couldn't she make him see that when she was sitting next to him on her goddamn right. show? Right. She was, I was as angry as her as I was at him because yeah. they both were like, this is in the past. Let's just let it go. Let's love everyone. It's like, no, you need to specifically say that gay children and, and queer children, trans children are at great risk of violence from their parents and family members. Yep. And that's wrong and they need to be loved and protected and they should be allowed to be whoever they are. He didn't say that. It's like, I guess I appreciate him finally coming around, but at the same time, this kind of stuff needs to happen a little bit sooner. It feels like damage control, 
But yeah. you know, it's I, I I do appreciate it and I mean better late than never, yeah. but also really late. Really late. You're late. Unforgiven. <laughs> and now for something much lighter, now that Ryan is back in studio, he can yes. do a live RuPaul's drag race update. Take it away, Ryan. Shantae, you stay. So we um we're about a week out from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. Woo-hoo! But we've all been sort of wondering when we were going to get All-Stars because the past couple of years, it's sort of been All-Stars first in January, followed by a regular season of the show. Well, RuPaul's Drag Race just announced that All-Stars 5 will be premiering June 5th on Showtime. Gag. Which Showtime is owned by Viacom. So it's not like totally uh, out there that it would be on that network. But the problem is, is that you're asking the fans and the bars to now buy a Showtime subscription, which I think is like $15 a month. I mean, okay, so here's my question. Is it like, I, this seems like a Viacom decision and not a RuPaul decision. Yeah, it's definitely a network decision. But it's interesting because I, I've been trying very hard over the past couple of years to stay away from Reddit and all the spoilers. And I really want to enjoy the show as it's happening in the moment. But there was a tweet that has since been deleted from Shea Coulee, Um And it's very cryptic. And she basically, you know, the cast has not been announced yet for All Stars 5. It's been, it's all over the internet. It's all over Reddit. It's all over Instagram. It's all over social media. But um, they haven't officially announced the cast. Shea Coulee tweeted a couple months ago, I secretly wish they would not air All-Stars 5. Leave it in the vault, not to be seen, and just leave the fans wondering forever, dot, dot, dot. Just all the looks, all the runways, all the challenges, all the personal stories, all the drama just kept a secret. Shade. So it's interesting that she did that because that's like, in some ways, um, defying the uh, non-disclosure agreement. Right. So unless she wasn't on it and she just oh no, knows about it, she's on you're it. saying she's definitely on it. She's definitely on it. And I think they're moving it to showtime because something happened, something they don't want the fans to see. Mm-hmm. So I think they're making it harder for the fans. The to see. intrigue. Yes. I can't wait. I can't so wait to see. Here's my next question. Do you think all stars will be more explicit now that it's on showtime? Kind of like shameless and all they the- can say cunt. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, like, I, yeah, it's definitely going to be, they're not going to censor it, which, I mean, if you buy the show on iTunes, which I do, um, it's uncensored. But I think that some shit's going to go down. Well, I have like Showtime. Little, you do? Yes. Good to so know. Uh, this will give you a reason to <laughs> actually come over to my house and watch TV like you used to before you had a boyfriend. Hmm. Oh, shame. Ooh, wow. <laughs> um, the next story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's just say that while Ryan was absent, uh, RuPaul hosted Saturday Night Live and her Netflix series, AJ and the Queen, uh, premiered on Netflix. And Ryan right. has reaction to both. I, he has a few things I to say. I have some feelings about RuPaul. Um, I obviously love RuPaul's Drag Race. I think it's one of the best television programs of all time as far as reality TV. I think, and I was saying before we went on the air, I think that um, there are great hosts. There are great TV personalities. And there are great actors. And I don't think that the two can, are always mutually exclusive. And I think RuPaul has great instincts. And I think RuPaul is funny. But I just feel like when, when it's time to see the finished product, 
it, to me, it, it doesn't work. It, it's, it's just, it's not as strong as the, as what she's putting out on her show. I feel like drag race is her, something that she's cultivated, she's created, and it's um, where she thrives as RuPaul, the drag queen. But sometimes RuPaul, the non-drag queen, it doesn't work. Can for you me. give an example if you don't mind? Yeah. I mean, on AJ and the Queen, I, I, I think, I mean, I think the writing on the show is pretty terrible. Yes. And I think that RuPaul looks amazing. You know, if RuPaul is almost 60 years old and looks unbelievable. Over 60. No, I think right? 59, maybe turning 60 soon. But I think Alexa, that, how old is RuPaul? <laughs> right. But I think that... Um, Alexa's my nickname for JB. You know, <laughs> how old is... 59. 59. Oh, good for B- you. Birthday's November 17th. We'll turn 60 this year. Thank you, Alexa. It's just, it's just, there's something missing for me. I mean, you, you had a different... Can you call me so Chica? I it's actually hard. thought that... <laughs> Chico? No. Chica. Oh, Chikatita? Yes, Chikatita. I actually Chica. thought RuPaul did fine on SNL. I think most of their guest hosts are pretty terrible. Unless you are a professional comedian or you're just really quick. You're someone like Alec Baldwin or even Justin Timberlake, who, who seems to have this uh, talent. I think most of the hosts get on there and they read cue cards and they very often play the straight man while all the cast members get to get right. all the laughs. I thought RuPaul's monologue was sweet. It was okay. The, the monologue was, was my favorite part, I think. I thought the library sketch was hilarious. You, mm-hmm. you didn't think it was strong, but I thought she did really well it was in that. Crin- it, it, started off, really well that. it started off strong and then it got a little cringy. And I think it was just because... You know the cue cards. I'm not. I don't watch SNL. You're more of an expert on the on the show as a mm-hmm. whole than I am. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, you know, it was it, she was playing in her world, and I felt like it was still it wasn't easy. Well, it and wasn't, we were talking before we went on the air that if that were a challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race, oh, like how would she have critiqued sh- her own performance? Right. She would have been like, "You didn't give us enough." Yeah, it was definitely we wanted more from you. She she definitely would be lip syncing for the her. The judges life. thought your library sketch, RuPaul. Was- on the runway, you were... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I do agree that AJ and the Queen was substandard. I don't, believe, I don't blame RuPaul for that. I think the writing was really kind of poor, and, and the tone of it was all wrong. It was sort of like a... It was almost like made for children. Like, yeah. It felt, felt very juvenile. It wasn't edgy enough. Mm-hmm. But I still... There were moments... I only watched like one and a half episodes, but there were moments when RuPaul would deliver a line in that like RuPaul voice that she does. Yeah. That, where she's super sarcastic that made me laugh. Yeah. Um, all right. Really quick, we're going to talk about Rosario Dawson. This is a story where I feel like JB is just going to pronounce it as fuckery. It is fuckery. I will second that. There were all these headlines that Rosario Dawson had come out as bisexual. The New York Post headline was Rosario Dawson officially comes out as part of the LGBTQ community. Um, but then I found this blog called SheKnows.com. <laughs> oh, she, she knows. knows. And she knows claims that Rosario has never said that she was bisexual. All she has said is that she's a member of the LGBTQ community. The actual quote that Rosario told Bustle, which was some other publication, was, people kept saying that I came out. I didn't do that. I mean, it's not inaccurate. It's not inaccurate, but I never did come out, come out. I mean, I guess I am now. I've never had a relationship in that space, so it's never felt like an authentic calling to me. So what are you I don't, doing? Who? I, I saw headlines that said, Rosario Dawson comes out as LGBTQ. 
Yeah. What does that That's, mean? You're like, not allowed to do that. What, you, Un- you unless you actually as... explain which letter you are. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That's I mean, like saying, like, I am a giraffe. It would have been, if she had said, like, I'm queer, <laughs> then I'd be like, cool. That's cool. Great. Happy for you. But so it just I, seems. It, real yes, talk. Yes. I like her. Yeah. But this is fuckery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> real talk fuckery. Like, it's fuckery on both ends. One, like, she. she She's playing coy. She just to say something and say it. Two, media's putting word in her mouth. Like, I, I have a friend. I guess we was talking about queer and what defines a queer person. Mm-hmm. Because he would do a guy in the butt, but not like, <laughs> not like marry the person. <laughs> well, remember, she's with Cory Booker. Right. Who until very recently was running for president. So she could have you know, theoretically been our first lady, which would have been fabulous. That would have been crazy. I've met and her, actually. You've met Rosario? Yeah. Good for you. She's not very nice. Bro, really? What? Well, what? she wasn't nice There was me. a scandal recently oh. where she, like, was accused of doing something terrible, like being transphobic. Yeah, or... her family, there was, like, a lawsuit against them. Who knows? Oh. All I know is I don't really care uh, if you come out, if you don't tell me what you are. And particularly when you're in a relationship with an opposite sex partner and you tell me you've never had a relationship with yeah. a woman, you're, you're, it, just, this is a you're just a basic straight bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Just come out as that. I would have more respect if she out, came out as that. I hereby announce that I am heterosexual. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, let's not spend any more time on that. And let's instead get to something very happy, our LGBTQ Pride Roundup for the week. Hit it, Ann Steele. Rosario Dawson. You're not really gay. You're just getting publicity. Oh, Ro. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, there are no pride celebrations happening anywhere in the world this week. Uh, oh, that's a lie. February 20th through 25th. Ooh. So that's right now. It's Gay Mardi Gras wow. in New Orleans. Here's my question. Which is gayer? Gay Mardi Gras or, Mardi or Gras. Southern Decadence? Oh. Because Southern Decadence, to, from what I understand, is just a nonstop gay fuck fest in New Orleans. I think they're probably about the same. If you could go to one, would you go to Gay Mardi Gras or Southern Decadence? Um, well, is Gay Mardi Gras, because Southern Decadence is like a circuit party, mm-hmm. right? Gay Mardi Gras is what? just like Probably a, another circuit party, <laughs> but like with more beads. I, I think the food beads would probably where? be better at Gay Mardi Gras. I don't know. If any of the listeners are down there, uh, please call us at 844-825-5367 and tell us whether, us you, whether you got more dick this week or at Southern Decadence. Yes. Hey, JB, speaking of dick, why don't you put on some sexy music right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you guys, Ryan and JB, turn that down just slightly. This you guys good. are younger than me. Yes, very. By about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you probably get rock hard every time the wind blows. Pretty much. Yeah. There was a time when the same was true for me. And I, uh, I'm i ready for that to happen again. And I think there are other people out there who are ready for that again. And now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Music is still a little loud. <laughs> Listen up, everyone. BlueChew.com is the first sponsor of the Adam Sank Show. That's BlueChew, blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And you can get your first shipment free when you use our promo code ASS. That's A-S-S. You can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And here's the important thing, you guys. Since they're chewable... They work up to twice as fast as a pill. 
so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. It's like popping a, a stick it's of like gum a in gummy. your mouth and boing. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Also, this is important. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. You don't have to go into the pharmacy Hey. Be like, hey, I'm here for my boner pills. <laughs> you know, I can't get hard. Can you please help me? Exactly. You don't have to do that anymore. Right now, we, as I said, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ASSASS. Uh, you just pay $5 for shipping, but everything else is free. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ASS to try it free. Blue Chew. The better, cheaper, faster choice. And we want to thank them thank for you, sponsoring the ads. Thank you. Yes. So excited about yes. that. And now it's time for our guest segment. Oh, my goodness. And I'm about to shit. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. Our guest today first rose to fame with his bizarre and hilarious YouTube videos in which he impersonates actress Chloe Sevigny. He has since appeared on countless TV shows and movies, as well as live onstage productions, and was named one of Out Magazine's Out 100. He's currently starring in his own one-man play, Happy Birthday, Doug, at New York's Soho Playhouse. Please give a warm-ass welcome to Drew Drogi. Hi, guys. Hey, Drew. How's it going? We almost played the sexy music again. Oh, yeah. Of our guys. The Bluetooth music? Yeah. Drew, take it. Yeah, take that Bluetooth, Drew. I'm also Drew. brought to you by Bluetooth. <laughs> yes, um, you good are. morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so glad you're finally here. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I'm finally it's here, so too. It's so great to meet you and to have you here. Likewise. Been, welcome back. Yes, You've been thank gone you. The show for I a while. have been. I was on vacay. Oh, Drew, great. pull yeah. that mic down just a little further okay. so it's in front of your mouth. Okay. Are you having trouble hearing me? Yeah, you literally can just Oh, okay. There you go. Pull it down. There we go. Now is it better? I miss a Word. I have a hard time saying your name. I do too. Drew Drogi. <laughs> it's it's Drew Drogi, but it's a it's alliterative, and I like it when I can say it right. But mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's After a, a few drinks, twister. it must be. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, I know you're probably sick of talking about Chloe Sevigny, <laughs> and I've actually seen you on uh, like Hey Queen and on podcasts. Oh, right. Discuss the origins of it, but just like briefly explain where that came from and why Chloe Sevigny of of anyone you could have chosen well, to impersonate. I was this is now let's see it's this is eighteen years ago. Mm. Uh, I was in a sketch comedy show and I had a blonde wig on and I looked in the mirror and I said I look so much like Chloe Sevigny. <laughs> what do you do with that? I mean, you know, it's like other people kid you know, do. The president and, you know, impressions of the president or whatever. And I'm like, I, I'm this actress. But then I read an interview with her and she was just name checking just the most hyper literate specific things. And I just thought this is hilarious to me. So and it was right up. This was after 9-11. I mean, this is how long ago this was. And there were these ads for New York and they were like Nathan Lane did one and a bunch of people were doing these like come to New York and they're trying to get people not scared of coming here. And I just thought in the the show we were doing, I was like, what if Chloe Sevigny did an ad for New York? Like, what would her New York look like? Mm -hmm. And it would be so impossible for anyone outside of New York to understand what she's talking about. And so I just made, and so that was the first, so that's where Good Evening America came from, was that she was basically like doing a tourism ad for New York. Um, So that was the first one. And then I would do it on stage. The very first night I did it, it died. It was horrible. No one laughed. They were so confused (laughs) as to who I was doing, what I was doing. And then my friend Jim Hansen, about, I uh, would say, maybe 12 years ago, was like, let's make these into videos. And I didn't want to do it. And I'm like, I'm not a drag queen. That's not my thing. 
And he basically like demanded that I ambushed me into doing these videos. And then they became these, this crazy viral hit that changed my life. And, you know, and 18 years later, I'm still talking about it. So but you haven't made one. I noticed in about I a year in a while, a lot of it's, we've been busy. I mean, Jim uh, works full time. He, he uh, works on TV shows and I've been busy working on stuff. So we haven't. And then we did them. We did a series of them maybe a year or maybe even two years ago now. Uh, and they were fine. I mean, I think people liked them, but they just didn't have the same pop. And I was like, I was, I, I will, I, I'm never going to say it's over because I've, I've tried to kill it so many times. Right. Like I'm it done. I don't want to play anymore. 18 yeah, years yeah. is a long time. It's a long time. You know, All if right. Chloe 70 would do a video with me, we could finally end Well, it. so I was going to ask about that because I, I, I found this article from 2012 where she reacted. Mm -hmm. She said, She reacted wildly differently every time she talked. Oh, really? Really? Oh, yeah. So in 2012, she said, quote, at first I thought, oh, they're funny. They're not even really me. They're just these weird art pieces. But I've turned a little. I'm slightly offended because he's calling me pretentious and I'm not. Mm -hmm. Now, she has changed that tune. She kind of said, I mean, it's like in and out of all of that. The thing is, too, that I think is interesting is that she keeps bringing me up. <laughs> I mean, like, it'd be one of those things that, like, she could just not talk about it. Or, right. she, or she could just say, I love them. They're great. You know, and, and not give me the power of, like, saying I'm not pretentious because she turns around and she says, the, the thing is that... I love her, and I'm I'm never out to like drag her. There are right, plenty of homage. villains in the world, and Chloe Seventy is not a villain of the world. Um, I met her once; she was really lovely. I was I was nervous because I didn't know what to say to her, and I was like, you know, what did she um, say to you? We were real; it was really brief interaction, but like I, my friend basically went up and said, "My friend does these videos," and you know, she's like, "I'd like to meet him." Oh and so I had to go across the him over, yeah. This was that world of wonder. Bring him and, to me. And, uh, and I was just going, oh, God, I had not even thought about what it would be like to what I would say to her. I hadn't thought about what I would say to her. And I just said, I wasn't going to apologize to her because that's lame. I'm not yeah. sorry. for. But I was just like, I just said, I hope you know how much I love you. Thank mm -hmm. you for being you. And she gave me a huge hug and she kissed me on the face and she was just like, oh, thank you. And then. We immediately started talking about other things because I didn't want to. I didn't want her to talk about my videos. That just felt creepy. Yeah, I feel like you probably have made her a lot more famous than she was. Like she was not a household I, name. I mean, I can. Ar I would argue that too, and that's the thing too that I think is that she could. I think you've been good for each other. We. Oh, oh she's definitely been good for me, and I and I think about like I could have always from the jump been someone with a different name that's sort of similar to that, and it wouldn't have had the same punch. Yet my character is nothing like Chloe Seventy, so they right. both work. In the different voice ways. is very different. Vo you're, very. You're different. sort of doing a her voice almost is a not British really that. I mean, you know, I, I you know, it's not really that distinguishable. She definitely doesn't pretentiously pronounce words. She doesn't say toast. She doesn't, you know, and it's like she doesn't say these things. But also, I don't. I'm not out to drag her. Like she's she's pregnant right now, and everyone's like, you got to make a video where you're you're pregnant. Or I'm like, why? That's that's like weird to me. Like I'm not going to go that right. direct. The thing about make, the thing about creating a, a great impression is it doesn't always look or sound exactly like the person. When most people imitate Johnny Carson, they're actually doing Dana Carvey's imitation Absolutely. of Johnny Carson. Absolutely. Johnny Carson never said this is weird, wacky stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, Dana yeah, Carvey exactly. created that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like it's like the share impression that everyone does. Oh, But she really does sound like. Well, but people like to turn that. It's also share is like easy. I think for people to do every time. There's so many characters I try to do, and I end up sounding like share. Like somebody be like, or like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, like. Was down here like this. Some people are like, that sounds like a serial killer or greatest star of all time. Uh, <laughs> Drew, you grew up in the South. I did. 
Charles, uh, Charleston? No, I, I, Columbia. I was Charlotte, North Carolina. A town called Columbia, right? No, I, I was born in Columbia, oh. but I grew up out in Lincolnton, North Carolina, which is about an hour uh, west of Charlotte. Was it like, did it feel deep south to you or did it feel more? Not at the time. You know, I, I was really, uh, I, I mean, I. it's crazy to like go back. I haven't been back there forever because my family's moved away from there, but it was very small and it was a very, you know, um, uh, you know, guarded, but it wasn't, it didn't feel the deep south at all. It felt like, I mean, I was... I was always doing theater. I had, you know, I was, uh, I was like fairly popular in school. I, I learned how to be funny. That's how I kept yeah. from being bullied. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I also realized what I, I, you know, I um, pretended to be possessed a lot, and that keeps the people away from you in the South if they think you have the devil in you. Yeah, that's a smart way. I tell Shit, kids definitely. that, and I'm like, just act like you're possessed, and then they'll get away from you. So you didn't have like the traumatic gay childhood. I mean, where no, were... not really. I had a horrible seventh grade year. I had a welcome. Me to too. Me year. too. It was horrible. And seventh grade sucks. It's man. the worst. And I would, I would, I remember, I. I I cry for the kid who would go home every day and say, oh, I wasn't called faggot today. That was a good day today. Like, that's yeah. how I measured a good day, whether I was called faggot or not. And But that was so normal to me that it didn't feel like as horrible as I look back on it, if that makes sense. You know, you kind of go through it and you're I also always knew that I was getting out. I always knew I was going to move to a city. And I had, a, I had a New York Magazine subscription when I was in, you know, 10th grade. I was. I had the Samuel French catalog out. I was reading play. I, I was like, I'm, I'm, you I'm knew. leaving. This is temporary, yeah. right? And yeah. so I was like, all right, I can handle this. I think that's a gift that queer kids have. Yeah, yeah that's our one advantage is that we can see beyond Outside this of our... shitty little provincial mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. that we're born into. Like I always knew I was not going to stay in Summit, New Jersey. Yeah, you know, and, right, and right. Not that Summit, New Jersey is like growing up in fucking Alabama or somewhere, but it was not a comfortable place to be a gay kid or a Jewish right. kid for yeah, that matter. Right. Sure. Uh, and I always was like, this, this, there's something better out there. Right. Yeah. Well, we also grew up because I'm from Connecticut, you're from Jersey, so we were also like right outside of the city. Oh, right. We were like, I was going to the city, going through Hell's Kitchen, seeing all of these like hot guys and knowing that one day I could like Walk them Fuck them sure, all. Sure. <laughs> and I went on to. Yeah, I mean, uh, my parents started taking me to Broadway musicals when I was like, what's that? Is that oh. the blue shit? <laughs> <laughs> JV really likes that song. Mm. Apparently, uh. I do. <laughs> uh, so, Drew, uh, Ryan and I saw your last off Broadway show. Oh, oh yes. Oh, my God. Uh, Bright Colors and Bold Patterns. Yes, Am I saying it right? It. Yep. Totally. Which we love. So brilliant. Thank you. Really so amazing. much. Thanks. And this new show, Happy Birthday, Doug, feels very much, um, I haven't seen it yet, but from the description, it feels very much of a piece. Yes. I mean, I, it's interesting that people, I mean, I basically, in Bright Colors and Bold Patterns, I played one character talking to multiple characters as if there, there, were, there were four people on stage. In this show, I play nine different characters talking to one. Well, I play eight characters talking to one character, and then the, he comes in at the end. So they're all talking to Doug at his party. So it's like the time that you get when you're isolated with someone at your own birthday party. Mm-hmm. And so I just flipped it uh, in that way. No, the characters aren't the same. Um, the first show was in Palm Springs. This one's in LA. Um, but in tone, they're very similar. Um, I get to play a lot of different types of gay men in the show, which is really fun for me. Um, some of them are horrible people, like worse than my character in Bright Colors. And some of them are lovely. And I, I think really, um, you know, um, the people that I want to be when I grow up. So it's like, it, I get to do all of it in the show. Um, so, uh, and a lot of people have compared them, you know, that have said, you know, oh, this, you know, you know, there's a similar sort of 
thread in there because a lot of it is about being gay and in the world right now and and i write in the voices of all my friends always so you know it's um it's all there but when you're just going about your daily life you know are you watching are you observing the way other people talk the way they behave i can't turn it off and it's a thing that it's a it's a blessing and a curse that i you know i mean a thing i I came up through the Groundlings in LA and the Groundlings that gives you that, I, I always say the greatest thing the Groundlings gave me was an awareness, like mm-hmm. a, 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 just to, to open myself up and just see people, you know, and just to be like, oh my God, how's that person behaving? How are they talking? I'm overhearing a phrase, but you, it can almost drive you crazy sometimes because I'll overhear phone calls. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was at a coffee shop and there was this woman on the phone loudly screaming across a coffee shop and nobody else heard it, but it was so clear to me that and this woman, I hear this woman say, well, my therapist says I should just give her $10,000 and see what happens. <laughs> and you're like, what is the story about, about that? In, in a situation that's that a terrible advice. therapist, right. like just give someone $10,000 and see what happens. And it was so casually said. And I was like, why are you screaming yeah. that you are throwing that money around? You know, and so I, in my mind, I write a character around that. This could be a lovely woman. This could be a, a, a psychopath that's not even talking to someone on the other end of the phone. I don't know, but... I love it. I mean, I love like getting that and going, okay, I'm going to write this character based on, just based on that. Right. And, and you're fascinated you your by train wrecks. Yes, I am. Absolutely. I'm fascinated by train wrecks. And do you Ryan find and that I, you, are you a magnet of them, to them? I mean, like. Oh, I have yeah, learned yeah. a long. Yeah. You think I am? Well, you have been. I mean. I I've, am, I've, for sure. I've learned, I've tried to learn to create boundaries so that when there is a train wreck heading towards me, I, I know how to like escape from it. Because, right. yeah, there are a lot of people out there that definitely are looking for, for stability mm-hmm. and they, for some reason they see me as this, like a, a safe ground. And so they'll just come to me. Like I had someone at my house last night bawling his eyes out. Someone I don't know very well. You don't oh, even know goodness. about this oh, yet, Ryan, yeah. because I ran into him on the street and I hadn't seen him in a while. And I said, how are you? And oh, he burst boy. into tears. Oh my God. No, that's not the answer. And the first, <laughs> that's not the answer. your line is I'm fine. And, and, the, and cry on your walk away. Right. From me. And the first thing I thought was, <laughs> call oh, a friend. Well, and the first thing I thought was, oh God, he's gonna he's gonna wind up sleeping in my apartment. Like I I knew he right. was homeless. I could just tell, and yeah. I was like, fuck. But I couldn't not invite him over to, to at least have a glass of wine and tell me what was going on. It turns out that it wasn't as big a deal as it could have been. Yeah. I thought well, like, oh fuck, he's addicted to meth. It wasn't that. Right. Well, I mean, again, not to be incredibly insensitive and horrible person that I am. Um, <laughs> Of course it wasn't. I don't know. I just feel like in the situations <laughs> when people do that, it's really manipulative. It's like, what about you? How are you doing, Adam? He like, did apologize. He, he apologized over and over again. He kept, sure. Even as he was crying at my apartment, he goes, I'm so sorry I'm doing, I'm dropping all this on you. I'm so sorry. And he's a sweet guy. He used to live in my building. I'm getting closer and closer to revealing the idea. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but I think that when I saw bright colors and bold patterns, and what you're talking about now, it sounds like you, you spot these people and you are just fascinated slash horrified by them yes. and you want to explore what it means to be them. Totally. And I also, I do, you know, my heart does reach out to them. I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm being flipped because I don't know this person. I'm sure if I knew the person or was in the situation, I'd be like you, I'd be like, Oh God, come over. Because I feel like they're really interesting people. I love people who live out loud. And I also think when you're putting people on stage, you don't want, I mean, I have one character in the show who's like the, the slutty guy and he doesn't talk much at all because he doesn't have to, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the hot people don't really have to give off that. They could just pretty much show up and you're like, they're so fun. They're so interesting. And they haven't said a word. Um, but I, I like so the true. messier people. I like people who kind of, 
you know, and, and reveal and reveal too much information. I love, I also like when people think they're portraying one per- personality, but you were seeing a different thing. Well, but I also think you're commenting on contemporary gay culture yeah. in a way that Mark Crawley was 50 years ago when he wrote Boys oh, wow. in the Band. Well, thank you. Um, well, it's, it is, we, we're very nervous around each other. Like yeah. we need each other so badly. We are each other's biggest allies and, and should be our, our biggest supporters, but we're, we're, we can be the worst of each other. And a lot of us, you know, have experienced trauma in yes. some way. We're all carrying around baggage. Yes. We've all, we've all dealt with pain. And I think some people um, are more empathetic and others are more nasty. Yeah. You know, and I think we think we also, our sense of humor can be our, our, you know, our greatest asset or our mm-hmm. biggest deterrent. It's like yeah. the thing where you go, why are you so nasty? And it's like, well, that's just my sense of humor. I'm really sarcastic. You just, you'll get to know me. People. I hate when people say I'm sarcastic. Yeah. It's like, well then you no, you're, you're an asshole. Like <laughs> sarcastic people just are. And then, and we get it and it's funny. Right. Like there's a, there's, there's funny involved in, sar- in good yeah. sarcasm. Otherwise you're just being snide. Right. And, um, but I think that, also, I think too when you're when, you know when you're a gay comic, people think that's what you want. They think they think they they want you to go up and just be like, "Hey, cunt." Yeah. Well, and yes. Like, hey, you don't know me. That actually hurts my feelings. Right. Don't talk to me like that. We're human beings. Yeah. The assumption that we all are supposed to communicate in that way. I get yeah. that all the time, and it reminds me of Ellen DeGeneres' joke in one of her specials where she, where someone like just insults her, and then they go, "I'm just kidding." Oh, and she goes, if you're kidding, then we should both be laughing. Right. How about that? Like, right. insulting, yes. Just insulting someone, not a joke. Right. Exactly. It's just being a cunt. Right. <laughs> and also, like, I, I don't need people to be funny for me. Like, right. I, I'm very lucky in that, that world. You can supply I, your own. I, and I have plenty of really funny friends, too, that can right. genuinely make me laugh. So if you're, I wish people would, could relax in that situation and just be fine. Like, I, that's yeah. the thing that I go, like. Oh God. And I try to have empathy for that. I go, okay, they're trying to be funny right now, but it's... They're, they're trying to make you like they're them. They're trying to make me like yeah. them, I think and instead they're actually hurting want. my feelings. That's, right. the, that's the irony of it. Right. It's like, you, and it, because there are times that I've called people on it, and they will almost burst into tears, and then they turn around with, like, you don't understand. I love you. And I'm such a fan. And I'm like, well, that's not a good way to show it. You just, right. you know, you well, just totally ragged on me. And you know? it's like, and, you're someone that is, even when you feel like you're probably off, you're just naturally on. And so people just... They feel like they have to match you. Yes. Even if even if you're not where they think you are. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Totally. And especially after you've just done a show and you're really like down and low energy. And it's like, I have I don't have the energy to keep up with this. But they think they can get nervous and think, oh, I have to I have to do this thing and keep, you know. And um, you know, but also I just like all like opening night of like Outfest or like at, you know, a Pride events or whatever, you go to these things and you're like, it is so much energy because there's just so many people that are just so nervous to be around each other. And it's just, and I'm fascinated by that. I think it's just, that could wild. be your next play. Oh yeah, totally. Outfest. Outfest. <laughs> is, is it cathartic for you to write these? Oh, absolutely. And it's so cathartic for me to do it too. Mm. Especially in this show, I get to be Doug at the end of the show. I mean, spoiler, he comes out at the end and I get to kind of scream it. I mean, I get to kind of just have a, you know, and say the things that, and and different audiences react differently. I mean, some audiences I think love Doug, and some audiences are like, "Oh, I think Doug's an asshole too." But I don't mind that. I, I'm sort of like, "Well, yeah." Sometimes we have to be honest, and we try so hard to be nice, and we try so hard to endure, you know. But we also have to, you know. I think there's a lot in my show about holding on to the people that really matter to you, and holding on to the, your community, and 
and really like you know and saying that we we have to be nicer to each other I mean, and hold each I really other accountable to be nice that's kind of what my i feel like we have to hold nice. each other accountable i think you can be a good friend and you can be supportive and still say like listen you're fucking up you need to right. get your shit together right and it's important as you get older too to to, to sort of Separate the people who like, okay, you matter to me. You're a good friend. You're totally fucking up. I need to call you on it. We're going to get have a deeper friendship because of it. Or I'm going to love you from afar. I'm just going to observe you and, and, and let you play go because you. You, we yeah. are not good for each other. And that's also fair. And I don't, I don't wish you any ill will. I want nothing, you know, but I just, we can't, we can't be around each other. I'm really enjoying this interview and we have to go to ask me no questions, but I have a oh, feeling, great. I have a feeling that'll be fun too. Oh, so great. hit it, JB. Nope. Oh. <laughs> if we start playing that, I was waiting for the bounce, chicka bounce. Okay. I don't hear that. I'm not hearing the music in my headphones. Oh so no, I'm just pretending to hear it. Can you hear me? And I, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Aside from bottom, what's been your favorite role so far? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I was bottom in Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh uh, no, I'm being I'm being stupid. Uh, my favorite role. Oh God, that's so. I don't know. I I mean. Aside, I, I do love my own stuff. Just selfishly, I get to write my own stuff. But I mean, most recently, getting getting to um, do Die, Mommy, Die and play Angela oh, Harden, yes, and Charles, Charles Bush, Bush play. play that was that was an, a, such a gift. So I, that would be- I feel like you're, you're that's such a natural role for you. I feel like you and Charles Bush. I you love know, you're not the so same, much. but you're but but I could totally see you in all of his. He influenced roles. me so much. I mean, in my formative years and reading his plays, and before I ever even saw him do anything, I would read his plays out loud, and I could just imagine what. He, and I kind of knew what he sounded like and how he provoked. You know, and have you seen his new show? Yes, fact, it's Lily Dare. Yeah, brilliant. Right, I mean, I saw it. Yeah. Um, describe the perfect penis. Oh. Um, I would say, uh, uh, um, I would say, oh God, how do you describe? I, um, See, I already know you're not as much of a sex pig as I am. I'm not. I literally have a. You know, know, in my I can describe like the smell of it, like everything. Really? Yeah, God, yeah, I love that. I'm so envious of that. Being a, a slut? Yes, I wish I could. I'm horrible. You please teach me. Yeah, I think life one. is easier when you're not one. Well, yeah. I, I've made it easier on myself to be like, oh, I'm not really a slut. I don't know. Um, definitely, I, 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 I like um, thick, not too, lo- not too long, yes. not too, and it's just, and really just like, uh, and hairy. I'm oh, into hair. Interesting. You and yeah, Ryan are uh, yeah. are in the yeah. same club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, does Drew? Dr- I can't even say this. Does Drew Drogi like pierogies? <laughs> oh, I do. I don't. I don't would think to order them. But if I'm in a Polish restaurant, I'll order them. I feel like if you were ever to sponsor a product, you know, <laughs> it's your own line. I always tell people Drogi's like hoagie. Drew Drogi's mm. hoagies and pierogies. <laughs> <laughs> I see a branding opportunity. Illinois. Which celebrity? Uh, that you've worked with has been the biggest pain in your ass. Oh my God. I'll just say the, the meanest person and I, I, I've gone away from this long enough and I don't care Oh, I can't. Uh, that I, that I, that I worked with was, was Josh Radner on how I met your mother. He was, he was really, he was, he was really hateful and really mean and picked on me the whole day we worked on each other. And I really, what was that about? You think he made, he made fun of my name. Um, he, uh, he rolled his eyes a lot. He, he flipped out at what I had to do. I, I had a tiny part on that show and I have friends on that show. I was excited to work on it. It's a really funny show. I was excited all of it. I was like happy to do it, but my part got cut even smaller. So I had so little to do. So it was also that thing where, 
everything I did was like, he would roll his eyes and act like he was just so mad at me for being there. Um, so uncomfortable when, yeah. when you're it's a, a guest when, star and he's Yes. And I mean, I, was, I literally was playing a waiter in the thing. And it was one of those, like, you're like, okay, um, fine. I'll do it. I'm happy to have a, to have a job. This was, this was, you know, several years ago. And I was like, just starting to do TV shows, but also like, I'm good at what I do. I'm going to yes. argue I'm funnier than you, Josh Ratner, yeah. and you lucked out with it with the TV show. So calm down, like Shade. just because you're this, you're the I and how I met your mother. Don't assume <laughs> that I'm because I'm the waiter with like three lines right. on your show that I'm trash. It was a lesson in just being like. But he was on his phone constantly, and they had to wait for him to like answer his phone. And he was name dropping like who was texting him or whatever, and. Ugh. And I mean, I just was like, you're Gross. just singularly unpleasant. And I had to do this crazy uh, cross across this uh, this giant set with, a, and I had to carry water. And he had to grab a water glass and do a spit take. And it was impossible for me to get there in time, so I was booking it so he could get his line and do his spit take on time. And he grabbed the water and it sloshed water on him, and he flipped out oh and then, and like and was like talking about me right next to me, like screaming at the director, like this guy's crazy. And oh I mean, it was God. awful. He was Josh terrible. Radner. If you're listening, you're go canceled. fuck yourself. You're yeah. canceled. You're canceled. never invited yeah. on the Adam Sanction. And people are not like that. That is that is very rare yeah. for people to act like that. Um, well, thank you for being so frank, Drew. Answer this question as Chloe. Mm. What turns you on the most? Mm. Uh, mm. A whiff of a firefly. <laughs> <laughs> Petals in Saint Pierre <laughs> and crisp Sancerre ween. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Bravo. Thank you for that. That does sound I'm a little so like nervous. Charles Bush. I'm so nervous improvising as Chloe because I, I spend so much time like writing those. Yeah, and I'm always like, but you oh so God, well. I'm so nervous. <laughs> you dropped right into <laughs> yeah. it. And the eyes are the best. Yeah. What's a lie that you tell all the time? Oh, God. That's such a good question. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I do. T oh God, what do I tell all the time? Well, I always talked about the fact that I did my very first show that Maya Angelou was a teacher of mine, ah, and that's I, the imitation I do of Maya Angelou. Doctor, wait, <laughs> this is Doctor Maya Angelou, <laughs> and I want to tell you that when you open your heart to people. <laughs> And they show you who they really are. Believe them. Oh, I love you've got the kind of slur, the Johnny she Walker a little bit. slur yeah. that she loves her Johnny Walker. Um, uh, yeah, she, I, I actually took her workshop for a bit and then had to I had to drop the class. So that's the one that I did a whole show about, like as a, as being in her class. But so but I, you didn't really take the whole class. I didn't class, fully finish the class. That's a half lie. You know, so it's a half lie. Drew Drogi, uh, Happy Birthday Doug has been extended yes. through March 29th at the Soho Playhouse. Ryan and I are definitely going. Please come. Uh, I'll, I'll happily, like, you know. Please, please yes. Yeah, we'll take any tickets. comps here at the uh, Adam <laughs> yes. Sancho. Go yes. to SohoPlayhouse.com for tickets. Drew, how can people follow you on the interwebs? I, you can follow me on Twitter at Drew Drogi or Instagram is Drew underscore Drogi, but you'll find me. I'm, I feel you should should be verified on Twitter. I do, do. I do too. I don't really know how to do that. Like, I, I think to, I should be, but you definitely should. Are you be. not either? No. And and I see I these like shitty nobodies oh, with I like know. two thousand followers. I, I haven't really, to be it? honest, I haven't really pursued not, it. Now it's just automatic. You either get uh, it or you don't. And face Facebook, you can submit for it. And every time I try to get the Adam Sank Show page 
verified and we're a media outlet yeah, like we do news right. we have guests on it's like fuck but you but why do you want to be verified on Facebook I mean like because that would have been gives, cool like it gives people credibility I if guess. they see the check a little check yeah 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 uh, interested Drew Drogi thank you so much for being thank here you. you're about to say something else we have a minute oh no, oh no! I was just no. I was just gonna say I don't know how to. I, I've had I've had the same phone number and emails for twenty years, so I don't that kind of stuff. I don't really understand how to do. So if someone knows how to get us verified, get us verified. Get verified. Damn it! Thank you so much for being here. Please come back. Uh, break a leg on all thank the rest you. of your shows. Thank you so much, Ryan and JB. Thank you. Next Saturday, tune in to hear another brand new ass with our special guest, the Vegan Moe. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Thank you. Bluetooth.com. Bluetooth. Oh.